Welcome to the Cook Collective Podcast. I'm Brandon, and here along with my cousin Adam, we're here to speak about our life experiences and growth through plant medicines, meditation, exercise, diet, and how it all plays a vital role in our relationships and everyday lives. Today we have Ramona Soriano on the podcast. I came out here, I've been planning it for, for a little bit uh, to, to get out here, and I came out here last night, yesterday, and uh, visited this beautiful property in, in Joshua Tree where Ramona holds some sound bath healing. She's actually been living on the property for a few months. She's gone through a pretty radical transition over the past you know, five, five years or so, and uh, been wanting to sit down with her for, for a while. She's, we'd been, she'd been in a couple ceremonies with Kat before, and, and I, I had been, you know, we're mutual friends, parallel universe, and we just needed to really come together to share ideas. And uh, we did that today, it was great. Uh, we, we had a wonderful journey last night that I needed really bad, just put me right back into line. I'm leaving today to do a tour of the Southwest over the next couple weeks or so and podcasting along the way. So um, please, if you would like to uh, follow our Telegram, I'm gonna be posting a lot more intimate type stuff there and it's, we're also gonna be helping with some psychedelic integration, uh, answering questions for people. If you have questions for me, for us, uh, things you'd like us to talk about on the podcast, do it there. Because uh, Telegram's encrypted and we're not going to have a lot of the same you know, issues and things that we can have with Instagram from time to time with some of the things that, that we talk around, about around consciousness. It's better to be a little more private. Uh, and also follow us on Instagram, at Cook Collective. Uh, we do still have some teas and some cool stuff available in the shop. Um, Brandon is heading out to, he's going to be moving to Texas pretty soon. They're, they're going to be recording a full-length album at Willie Nelson's uh, uh, studio. Pretty badass. The, the, kid, the kid's making it. <laughs> pretty cool. And uh, yeah, just last night was an amazing kickoff to this, this little tour that I'm doing right now, and I needed it. It was like, put me into this higher vibrational energy. I'm hitting the road, and I just am so grateful that I got to sit here with Ramona right now and do this podcast and reflect on the lessons from last night and some of the things that I've been missing in my life to be able to talk through those with such a spiritual and well-connected person as Ramona. So without further ado, please welcome Ramona Soriano. Ramona, how are you? I haven't been better. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been this good in, in a while, that's for sure. It's nice, yeah. It's so nice to be here with you. Yeah, th thank yes. you for having me out here last night. Yes, we had quite the adventure. We did. <laughs> so I, I came out here yesterday. Ramona and I have been trying to plan a podcast for a while, mm -hmm. and uh, she's just got so much knowledge. She's Kundalini instructor and sound bath healer, among many other things enlightened ways that she carries herself 
and uh, so we had talked about doing the podcast uh, before, before in, at, at her place and then going out to the desert and doing a sound bath healing and then uh, taking a nice little dose of LSD throughout the night because there was an amazing meteor shower last night. And I said, well, why don't we podcast the next morning after the experience? I was so like, can... let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a really good idea. Especially the intentional way we are connecting with LSD and, and with the environment around us with nature. So it, it really had this very authentic connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, sure. it's like I was trying to explain last night. It's just, it's, it's very matter of fact. It's very like once you get comfortable with the, feeling and the, the surroundings of what LSD is and you start to really settle into it, you start to really f- work through problems mm-hmm. a lot easier. It's, there's, there's, no, there's so much clarity. Yes, it moves aside it. a lot of the ego and puts um, like right front and center what's more important. So you stop um, like with the veils that you're like kind of like intertwined with with like the cause and effect of like everyday life and and all your, the cause and effect of your, like, so-called problems, and it kind of, like, is like a, it's like a lightning ball through, like, whoop, this is what's important. Yeah. And stay with that, like, stay, like, connected to the heart, to, to nature, to what's important. So that's, that's what we experienced last time, a little bit. It's, yeah. it's, um, I had a hell of a journey last night, and mm-hmm. first off, we, I, I get there, and the amazing Conan, gave us a na- nature tour and showed us the, the uh, grounds at, at Garth's place. And mm-hmm. just beautiful, man. There's, there's cave paintings and there's caves that are really nice and cool. I mean, it can be 100 degrees outside. And you go down in these caves and it feels like you're 70 de- degrees and comfy. I get it. I get how people in, inhabited it out here now. Yes. Um, but just going through the, walking through the desert with him and sharing his knowledge of, the different types of stones and different type of landscape and where, where the fault lines were and, and, and different types of, you know, lines through the stones where they crack and in, invasive species on, on the oak trees that are thousands of years old probably. Beautiful cactuses. There's a, there's a cool little pool and a sauna mm-hmm. on, on the grounds. Yeah. <laughs> that pool is legit. That pool is... I was tripping on it. I was it's like, legit. It's built into the side of a boulder. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite beautiful. Um, yeah, like we, um, we were, when we first got here, um, we don't live here anymore, but we were like just planning like a weekend and we ended up staying three months. Three months? <laughs> three months of like camping and just really getting connected to nature. And, and like, I guess it was a time because like when me and Conan got together, it was... Um, very much a lot of like synchronicities and alignment in terms of like what he did professionally, what I did professionally. We both had like careers also in New York and we had just like completely different lives. And then we came back here and then when we connected, it was just like the synchronicities were all like lined up. We both wanted to be in the desert, be in nature. And um, it all just kind of happened. So how that, um, how to have him and, um, share with you the magic of the land and like the beauty that surrounds all of us and to really be passionate from like a an authentic space that was something that I was craving in my life so oh, it awesome. all just 
kind of fell together. Yeah, yeah, him and I immediately, after my nap, got into some deep conversations around trauma, and I, and I o- opened up to him pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, I do, I'm probably a little more open than most, most people, but, you know, he gets it, <laughs> for sure. Yes. Yes. So, so the after our na- nature walk, I I got to uh, there's this area there that there, there's a cave type of thing. It's actually a huge boulder that was fell on top of some other rocks, and it's just su- suspended in this like canopy style. Mm-hmm. And and that's where R- Ramona does her her sound bath, and that was the best sound bath I've ever had. Oh wow! By far, yeah. and that 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 ocean the ocean drum ocean drum mm-hmm. especially in a space like that it makes you feel like you're clearing out like some energy it feels possibly. like wind through your mind yeah it, it, especially with the acoustics in the cave but so for those of you that um, aren't familiar with it the boulder cave um that one of the ones that i do a sound bath in there's um actually several that i choose throughout the property but um this one in particular it's a staircase so you take like these like these little steps all the way down. It's really narrow, but mm-hmm. how it it, um, it came about is just like wow. Well, someone's like, I'm gonna put stairs here, and it it worked out. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to be under that boulder during an earthquake, but <laughs> I mean, it's been like that for a few thousand years, so probably safe. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's okay fine, for sure. Yeah. So that really kind of put it, that put me in a in a new zone. I, I felt like I was you know, high coming out, out of there and I was completely sober. Mm-hmm. And I just walked back and I, I went back to my truck and had a nap and you guys w- woke me up and I was like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Stargaze. Yeah. Stargaze. Yeah, we had um, the meteorite shower, so. I saw Thor last night. Wait, what? On his chariot. We saw Thor on his chariot with flaming hair, blonde hair, chiseled chest, flying over the top of the sky. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> was think, it you and someone else, or were you both like just like yeah? I think we decided that's that, that's what it was. <laughs> it was the brightest star. It 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 looked like a like a like a spaceship or something. It just lit up white and like white and yellow gold just all the way across the sky. It, mm-hmm. it even like lit up the the entire sky kind of. And then I, I saw I saw a Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> shooting star also that was purple with yellow and and like uh kind of like a really beautiful green haze coming off the back, back of it but i must have saw 60 to 70 shooting stars last night yes i've never seen a star show like that ever yes and especially in the joshua tree area you have that ability to see some of the best um stargazing ever like i've traveled a ton and there's nothing that compares to that ability to see what we saw yeah. last night. Um, but on top of that, we had the meteorite show. So it, sure. it made it a little more more better. But yeah, the stargazing there is is quite profound. Yeah, so we were sitting on this perch kind of kind of above the uh, the uh, town below. And uh, in not only a town, but you can see some, a couple houses down there. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, there's such interesting people that are you know, visiting and staying, and I met a guy who was a nu- nuclear f- physicist, yes. chemist, and I, I, I got a chem- I got like a three-hour LSD chemist, not 
I, I got a three-hour chemistry lesson on LSD last night. It was just amazing. But it was like the way he was speaking about it, he's speaking chemistry and how like all these things react with each other and that we're sitting on a gold mine of energy with thorium, I believe it is, and how that can power the entire earth in a clean way. And that, and he, but he was telling me how they make it because he was part of these, these um, you know, developing nu nuclear technology in the 80s and 90s when they made all this stuff that works. And, uh, but it was so cool to talk about it last night because I could put together what he mm -hmm. was saying like it was like a circuit board. Yes. Like, like following circuits through a circuit board, I could listen to what he was saying and, and imagine put that it together exactly, yeah. and imagine it exactly and imagine these things fusing together. What, you know, I don't know the exact terms, but it was just, it was incredible. I couldn't stop li listening to him. It was amazing. Yes. And I spend a little bit of time with him and that's him like every day. Like he can get really I bet. Um, <laughs> intricate about, about his knowledge and, you know, knowing that he spends a lot of time in a place like, like arts and, away from from like the big cities it's it's quite amazing yeah so so what's one of the you know before i get more into my experience last night what what's one of your biggest i guess i could say realizations of staying you know staying there for three three months and coming out of the city and you you lived in new york you lived in dubai mm -hmm. you're like the like on the go girl and, and now you're kind of living this nomadic lifestyle that you probably didn't imagine yourself in 10 years ago. I definitely didn't think it would be a part of my life like, at, at all. But I think that with many, like with me and as well as many people, the, um, the pandemic brought about that, that um, pathway to what's important. And I just felt this need to connect more with nature. And I was just getting kind of sick and tired of the cities, not that they're bad, but spending so much time in them, like living, like I lived in the middle of Soho for like about a year, and I was um, I was in Brooklyn for about um, five years, and um, yeah, I lived in Dubai for two years. So, and LA, I went to college in LA, was like in the West Side, and just always wanted to be where it was like at. And then just something like clicked in me that we need to get away from it. And I think it was also being in like Long Beach. Um, even though I loved it, I was there for about like a, a couple of years, but I knew that something needed to switch. I was having like this like anxious feeling that something needed to flow, like the energy needed to flow. And I just kept on having, um, even before I met Conan, I, I kept on thinking about myself um, in the desert somehow, like leading like ceremonies, connecting with people um, in a way that was more... I guess, in alignment with what the future needs rather than, like, you know, the studios. And I just saw that there was a hole in, the, in like, the healing industry in terms of how we're presenting, um, like, you know, like, classes and, like, sound healing. So I was like, I need to go there, and then that's what happened. Like, so I think I was, I've been thinking about it for... What, what inspired it was December... No, no, October 31st. Um, I took a trip to... Um, what's it called, Trona Pernicles. And mm. I realized that was, like, that was right on Halloween. That was also full moon then. But I realized that was like my first real camping experience. Oh, really? Like, I was like, oh, I got to pee outside. <laughs> like, like, wait, how's this all going to happen? Like, I had no <laughs> fucking clue. That's I, just a year ago? That was October 31st, 
2020. That was my, like, not as an adult, I mean, but I did camp as, like, a kid, like, with my family, like, maybe up to, like, 10 years old, like, but that's it. But you weren't vibing out in in the day. Yeah, I wasn't, like, I wasn't really connecting. I was just existing and, you know, going with the flow of my family. (laughs) So, but then something there ignited, like, this need to do this more. And coming from a place where I'm, like, I'm such a city girl, like, I love, like, brunch, and I love, like, you know, like, just yeah. the opulence of being in, like, that within people and within, like, you know, like, the city and, like, the option to go brunch here and there and go to this class and that class and do, like, so many different things. Like, go downstairs to the bodega and just that convenience, like, I really love, but I knew that there was just something that I also wanted to experience within myself that was, like, deeper. So the desert was calling me, I think, after that, that... um it was, we did a photo shoot um, for this music project in Toronto Pinnacles, and then just something awakened in me. I can't really explain it. Like, I, I, I think before that, when I first came back from New York, I went to Joshua Tree for the first time. And I lived in LA since I was like five, right? And then I was like, this is cool, but I want to really experience it more. Yeah. I want to really, like, uh, I want it to be like a part of like my blood and my soul. I want to feel the desert, not just like go for like a weekend. And then, um, yeah, and then, and then what ended up happening was, like, finding, um, like, the right community and then, like, looking into more organic and authentic ways to build community. Like, it's called, like, intuitive communities or, like, neo-tribalism. Like, I was, like, finding, like, different ways that we can all kind of connect rather than this, like, everyone in one single family in a single house. And I, um, my mind was just like going nuts, like thinking about this isn't how I want to live right now, what we're doing. It doesn't make any sense, especially being in a place like New York. And you're, you're like, I was like, I wonder how my friends are feeling. And I had the con- this conversation with so many of them, like you're being told to stay in your little box of an apartment the whole time, right? When, when COVID's happening. But the point of being in New York is you explore. Yeah. And you go to your, your apartment to sleep and eat, but you're always out. You're always out. That's, yeah, why, that's like, why people have small apartments. It doesn't really matter. doesn't matter. And the, I mean, that's like a, like a $5,000 apartment, like yeah. a month for like a little shoebox, but you got to schlep all your shit with you, like through the subway. And then like you, when you leave, you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. Then I'm going to go to happy hour. Then I'm going to, you know, do this and that and then go home. So you take all your shit with you. And that's just, that was the routine. Yeah. And then um, I just, I wanted to live in a way that was, like, not that way anymore. So the desert was, like, the answer. And I, and I, I fucking got it. Yeah. <laughs> and then some. <laughs> yeah, and then some, like, you know, then. So that was December, no, October 31st. And then um, I think we came to Garth's, like, just for, like, a weekend and, I want to say April or like May and we're like, let's stay here and let's help build community. Let's learn about permaculture. Let's help take care of Garth. He's a, um, he's like in his, in his like later seventies and you know, he has some health issues um, and just try to trying to find authentic ways to connect with people rather than this, really like polished way of like, oh, that's a sophisticated person. This is how we're gonna like interact with. We don't interact with these people or that people. I was just like, if I'm a true spiritual person, let's do the fucking work. Yeah. And um, I also did like a whole social media purge. Like I don't, I don't think I was like going on for like at least two, three months. Like I just stayed silent and, and went through it. But one thing I did realize, like going back to your initial question was that um, I can't really, um, 
like, first of all, I'm still a female, so I need my needs. I need to, like, you know, like, to have, like, um, a situation where there's, Shower. there's showers on the, pow- <laughs> on, on the property, but they might not have water, and, like, there's only two sinks to brush your teeth. And I, I was just, like, I was, like, I could do this for two weeks, but not for any much longer than the three months that I've, like, we've, like, you know, extended the time. So, you know, those things, like, I figured out that that's my boundary. Like, this is great, but my... Um, you know, my standards are still this. I still need to take care of myself. I still need to feel like a woman and, like, get up and, like, fucking get ready and, you know, like, probably go get my nails done, like, once a week like I used to. Like, I haven't done any of that in a while. So I just really stripped away a ton of, like, these attachments to that Western world and what my norms were. And Well, um, I mean, I think what you're speaking about is sounds like you're entering your perfect form of balance. And that's what's incredible. And that's why, you know, we're talking about not being able to travel and all, all this shit. I'm like, what do you mean? I can jump in my car and drive to like 10 of the coolest places in the world. In the world, just right here in California. From, from my house. Mm-hmm. And be there within 10 hours of anywhere, yes. you know, of 10 different landscapes, everything. Yep. So, you know, I we're agree. just making, make, I, I think it's important to note that just that we can make the best of it. You know, we don't really have to be this, feel like we're being, uh, you know, held down by some something, you know. Yeah, there's also this realization, um, because it, I've been doing so much deep spiritual work um, for the past, I would say, maybe seven years, maybe a little bit longer than that, but it got really deep for like the last several years. And I just realized, especially going through through trauma, that this is my time and my time is now and I need to be grateful for it. So if what I'm doing right now isn't serving me um, or isn't in alignment with my truest purpose, I, I just, it's a waste of time. So things like, for example, bickering over like, um, I, I like, I made this like a, um, I made a statement with my family, like we're not talking shit about women anymore. Like I'm not going to participate in like, you know, bashing like others, like cousins or like people that we see on the street. It's like, I'm not going to go do that low frequency. anymore. Not that it's necessarily low frequency. You're right. But it's also realizing that generational pattern in my, in my culture. Mm. So like taking those stances towards like, if, if I'm going to be a better person, it starts right here right now with every little thing um so your, that was a your, huge your dedication to your kundalini practice has been amazing to me because i'm not a person that can stay dedicated to something to have that much discipline to a practice i've never been able to keep one steady practice that long which mm-hmm. i know is something that i need yes and seeing your progress and seeing your dedication to it is very very impressive. Not many people can can do that, and I don't know if a lot of people are familiar of a, what a daily daily Kundalini practice entails. On top of teaching and on top of your events and workshops, and you have people that you you have clients, right? Yes. What what exactly do you? So can you run us through a typical Kundalini practice type day, and and what you might do for teaching, and what you may do with one of your clients? Yes. So a typical day for Kundalini is you start with your own personal sadhana, your own personal practice, which is so important because starting the day um, in alignment with your intentions in mind. So it's like you do kind of like the hardest part of your day first, right? So it typically um, consists of a a cold shower. So you get up, 
you go hop in the shower, a cold shower. It's kind of that easy, huh? Not easy, but... No, um, I mean, it is that easy, though, to just get your head turned on with a cold shower. I know the cold shower is not easy, but it's like something that simple mm-hmm. is something that, that I could be doing every single day. Something as simple as that, if you don't want to go that route, well, maybe it's... Um, I had to start by literally like lying down on my bed and saying, I'm going to meditate, and then like using um, some type of tool to meditate, like if it was like a recording, and I would fall asleep first. So to get to this place where I'm at right now with discipline, it took a lot of work, but also realizing that it's, you know, baby steps. But we're in a um, culture of like instant gratification. So to get there, you have to realize that this is just simply part of the process. You might fall, you might not necessarily get it the first time around you might get irritated but I got really comfortable especially with the kundalini practice of being uncomfortable and knowing that was just part of it and I'm going to be better if I get to know my what is what what ticks me what irritates me um bring that forth front and hold respect for it and then even sit in it and dwell with it a bit like oh I'm fucking pissed off right now I don't want to do this but I'm going to do it and then I realize eventually like your mind starts to see where you are putting your time and attention into. So a lot of ways in a practical sense, Kundalini for me was um, to better manage my energy. To to manage like, okay, is this really worth it? Or am I dwelling? Am I, you know, am I in a space that is of alignment? Or am I, you know, or even like times when I just wanted to like sit around and be like a lazy piece of shit, like realizing that was also part of the practice. Because you're, you're not, you never really stop meditating. Like meditation for me is something that is consistent and part of your daily life. So yeah, it usually starts with a morning sadhana practice. So morning sadhana can be um, a typical um, traditional kundalini um, morning sadhana is two and a half hours. And what time does it start? Like 4.30 or something? Like about 4.30. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So that's the, that's the typical time. And... 4.30 is important. That's considered the ambrosial hours. So that is when, if you ever like wake up during that time, you'll realize that the energy feels a more crisp and there's just a lightness to it that like that you can't really explain. But like the birds haven't started chirping yet. It's just that that moment when like p- people were going like out, they're coming home, and then like they've already came home and they kind of like you know they're settling in and. Or people are starting to get their day going if they're doing like a long drive or whatnot. But there's just this this moment where most of the world is like sleeping at that time. So it's really potent. And that energy is like when people are mainly those like around you and like even like in your neighborhood, they're in kind of that like that dream state, that really deep dream state. And that's that state, like if you think about it, if that's where people are at, that's the time to like manifest and um, so it's, um, in a way, it's kind of like checking into your source, your power, like utilizing that energy of that day. It's, I, I always, you know, kind of think back to, you know, I always think about analogies and how they all have a real meaning to mm-hmm. them. And something as simple as early bird gets the worm, it's true, because you're, you're thinking better in the morning, you're, you're sharper, you don't have a lot of bullshit on your mind, probably. Yes. And uh, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And um, in Long Beach, um, I did a Tuesday 4.30 class, um, 4.30 a.m. It was two and a half hours. Like, Kat would come to it sometimes. Yeah, I remember. Yes. And 
I knew that there would be moments where I'm like, I just want to lie down and I don't want to go teach. But to have the responsibility of knowing that people might show up and like and attend, like, because it was also a free class. Yeah. So then, it's set up for free. Like, um, traditionally throughout throughout the world, if it's a Kundalini sadhana, it's always free because that's um, like your seva that you give to others. Um, but even let, let's say no one shows up because it's like a weird time. Like you can have a studio that has like packs a hundred, you know, people and no one will show up. So then I was like, this is discipline. I use this time now to just continue my practice to do, even if I'm not going to do the full two and a half hours, if I do 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. yeah that's that's because you, if you put, if you put your, immerse yourself into a, an, an experience where you don't want to let people down, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a, good way to not let yourself down it's also a good way to you're right to not let yourself down but it's also a good way to build accountability not only for yourself but for others um like i had this one woman that was showing up every tuesday 4 30 she'd do half of it and the rest of it she would just sleep i'm like sleep your ass away oh, <laughs> it's okay cool. so you know some teachers are really strict about it i'm like well at least you showed up so that's just my approach like this is good enough until you're ready to take the next step but yeah like, you know, then I'll push him, like, are you going to take the next step? You know. Maybe she needed rest. Exactly. You know, it's not an easy time to be up. It really isn't, especially, um, not everyone can do that um, time frame, depending on their lifestyle. If you have kids, like, there's um, just many different things to consider. But everyone can, um, like, set their alarm 10 minutes ahead of time and just do something in their bed to, to ground and yeah. to set their day which I think is important too. For sure. I think that, you know, having a routine is important. I really slipped off of mine the past, uh, past six months or so. I've just been, you know, spiritually unaligned. I haven't felt like I've been in my zone at all. And uh, I really needed something like last night. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you a lot for this. Some of the emotions I was going through last night about, um, you know, not only is just that the acid's so just sexy and great, the, I forgot how great the visuals can, can be on it, but the intricacies of my mind around compassion and patience, mm-hmm. you know, it's some, I want everything now and I, and I sometimes have a hard time seeing how good I have it, whether it's with business or my home life, or yes. spiritually even, or whatever, the fact that I have a creative outlet like this now, it's where I, this is starting to bring me together with people, like you guys are coming out here for this as a plan to do this and to share the stuff that we're doing that's helping us, uh, really brought me together with some amazing people last night that I would have never otherwise met. Exactly. So this yeah. is like my form of my new dedication and something that I can keep spreading a word and we talked about this last night with a couple guys of how you know ideas are are living things there once you create an idea and start to spread that idea yes. if it's a good idea it's it's going to gain force so i think that's one of the main things that i'm really here to do is help spread other people's ideas and help you know, maybe my ideas can help their ideas blossom and their ideas can help my ideas blossom. And before you know it, we're just a big uh, 
you know, con conglomerate of good, good ideas. And maybe some come to fruition and some don't. Yeah. But and I that's what this world needs right now is um, that collaboration, not this. Because um, we've been in, like, this cause and effect of competition for so long or, like, this, this belief that um, if someone has something, then that's taken away from me. So you're shifting through that collaboration. You're allowing yourself to to uplift others as you uplift yourself as, as well, and that's really beautiful. Yeah, I, I was thinking about the first podcast that we did on, on here, the first one we ever did, mm. and I had was going through the experience of knowing five or six people that were getting divorced and families breaking apart, and I came on the podcast and I said, number one, I'm doing this to hold myself accountable. So this podcast is a very selfish thing. <laughs> and two... You know, I talked about how when we're having problems with our relationships and our, our significant others that we can get through it if we want to work on ourselves. And the, 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 you know, usually comes down to they don't work because one of the two people doesn't want to work on themselves as bad as they want. You know, they have to want the relationship so bad that they're willing to work on themselves and figure out why there's problems surrounding them. Because... Mm -hmm. It's not so much like it's easy for us to go, oh, the problem's you. Oh, the problem's you. No, the problem's you. You should work on yourself. No, you should work on yourself. And when you start getting those pointing matches, I think you, I get lost in a little bit of, um, um, a little bit of time thinking that it's inf some infinite thing because it feels long. But last night really put into perspective that this is just a little blip on the map. I'm sitting here looking at Thor flying over on <laughs> over, over the top of space <laughs> on a fucking shooting star, talking to a fucking nu nuclear chemist, chemist, and I'm like, why am I so worried about anything? Because <laughs> exactly. the, ins the insignificance of me, but the significance of me to my family and to my friends and to, you know, the the reach that I have and the word that I can help spread, it's, it's, it's only going to be a certain amount of time, but the time that I'm going to have with my family is going to hopefully be a long time. Definitely. So that's where I'm like, okay, this is such a small time right now. This is such a little bit of problem that in the long run, what is it? Yeah, and that's energy management. You realize that. It's like, yeah. I'm spending this much time on this thing that's like, you know, hitting you hard. And then you realize, okay, how am I going to handle my time, my management, let me manage it from here on out? So that's a beautiful realization. And I think, you know, it's interesting that you spoke about that woman who would come in and, do, and sleep for the second half of the class. Because, like, I started my that psilocybin microdose journey couple months ago mm -hmm. and the first few days it just knocked me on my ass I slept I cried I felt like I was crying I felt like I just finished crying for like two days probably and then after that the energy was just incredible but then I, I also started a, a LSD microdose journey last week and I took my first dose and the first three or four hours I had mm -hmm. all this energy of like ooh, okay this is fucking cool and then it started to like bring me down and then it started to get me to this point where I just wanted to go sleep. And I went home and I slept like 13 hours. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that, the rest, 
is the most healing thing that we're ever going to do. And relieving yourself of that, pulling yourself out of the matrix, pulling yourself out of the stress, pulling yourself out of the, the propaganda yes. and garbage and, and overworking yourself. You know, we always talk about toxic relationships and everyone knows that we shouldn't be in toxic relationships and that if we have those people in our life that are toxic, get them out of your life. That's like rule one. But it's like we don't know how to get ourselves out of our life sometimes. I don't. You know, I'm like, wait, I need to put that guy to the side for now because this other guy part of me is the one that's really living my, my true purpose. Mm-hmm. This other guy is trying to fuck it up all the time. It's hard. It's hard to fight that fucking guy. It's hard, and that's um, patterning. So that's where Kundalini comes into play. Because, like, for example, there's this one move um, that we do. It's basically what you do is you um, you're sitting cross-legged. You put your arms out to the side. Palms are down. Fingers are together. And then so you're just holding your arms out, right? And um, you close your eyes, and you simply just breathe through it, keeping your arms up. And I remember the first time I did this, um, this particular move, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, is this teacher crazy? Like, what is going on right now? This is not fair. I'm hurting. Is she, like, a sadist? Like, I was just yeah, thinking start, all yeah. sorts of fucked up shit, like, you know, um, like t- towards this teacher. And then I think it was, like, after, like, having my arms up like this and just, like, the excruciating, you know, mental pain of it all and the uncomfortableness, I, I just had this, like, like click in my head, like, well, you could put your arms down. You paid to be here. So, like, that's, you know, that's more about you. And then up to minute 11, because this is, you do this for exactly 11 minutes, um, I started to think about my patterns. Like, why do I go automatically to attacking, to, like, to like condemning someone rather than taking accountability and then I realized that was a pattern within myself so I'm like I need to stop that and just do the work hold my arms out it's okay and then from there it became this like from that one little moment I started to look at all my patterns and like kind of like unhealthy toxic thoughts and patterns and to start to like to um to break it all down to to get to a place of like okay is this really worth my time? Is this from a place of love? Is this really serving me or am I doing this from ego? And then I constantly have that conversation in my head. Like, okay, what are you thinking right now? You just thought something really judgmental. Is this worth it? Or is it very low vibrational? And it's energy management, really. Yeah, that's, you know, the if I could learn how to drop in compassion every time I was triggered my life would be a lot easier. You know, like, hey, hey, let's grab compassion, let's put it in that slot. <laughs> hey, trigger, mm-hmm. you know, let's drop it in there. Because if we can have compassion to why someone else is triggering you, it feels like that is, number one, you're feeling for whatever it is about them that's making them feel that way, but it may not even be their problem, it's probably more... My, my problem, yes. and if I could learn to have compassion for my, my own trauma and my own patterns and really kind of push through those and be like, it's okay if you have this, dude. Just sit this one out. You know, sit mm-hmm. down and think about it. Go, go for a walk. Conan and I had a great talk about that last night about go for a walk. 
You know, you don't, you don't have to get triggered. You don't have to do these things that are going to get be upset and stuff. And I have so much of that pattern, patterning from my father, from my, my mom, mm-hmm. from growing up and, you know, not hanging around some of the most savory humans. And they, they grew up as, we were good friends with a lot of people, but some of them were just wild folk, you know? Yeah. And uh, so the, it's just a, um, I think learning the compassion around my own issues and, and like accepting it, like this is what I am and, I, and it's not really my fault. It's not really your fault, but it is your responsibility what you do with your actions and your time and your thoughts. And yes. um, you, you bring up something that's really important, that realization can have patience and compassion for self, for yourself. And really, even when you fall, even those moments where, like, um, like I use this example a lot for my students that I, you know, like, honk at someone that like did something that I thought that was like bad like if they like cut me off and then like I scream you motherfucker you know like that still comes out and then I realize oh I did that thing again and then I just like cycle back into okay well let's not do that let's try to be better next time so these are the conversations that's going through my head when I fall it's okay to fall I mean as long as I'm not killing anybody of course or doing anything like too out out there but um the, the patience to know that I'm a human being and I'm flawed and I'm going to mess up. But at the same time, I thrive to pick the best choices um, with the best intentions in my everyday life. And hopefully I surround myself with people that do somewhat of the same thing and have that purpose. And we all will fall sometimes. We'll fall from grace, but part of community is lifting each other up when we fall from grace. For sure. And I think a lot of it is... Where, where the work comes in mm-hmm. is when you're not speaking and you're thinking. Yes. yes. Just because you think something doesn't mean you didn't say it out loud. You know, and, and I think a lot of us forget that. We get these thoughts in our, head, in our head and because we didn't speak it out loud, it, it didn't really exist. But it does because these, these are the conversations that you have in your head. You may be talking shit about somebody that you don't like and there could have been a good reason for it in your head. Mm-hmm. There, in your head. There could be a good reason for you to, you know, hold res- resentment and anger and, you know, ha- hatred towards people or certain things we don't like. Yes. And that's, you know, I think it's kind of important for us to have some compassion around all the fear that we're experiencing now because people if they're scared, they're legitimately scared. And I think if someone is being some type of way that you're not into because you're not like that, well, that's okay. Because they, they like white bread, you like wheat. Yeah, that's and a boundary. That's so it. recognize it and then work your way around it or through it. And um, even through the process, like I, I've like recently been triggered a few times, um, like being in a, a community for a bit, like you realize that people are still people <laughs> and there's going yeah. to be um, things that happen that aren't necessarily high vibrational, but... Humans are complicated. Yeah, but every community has their issues and, you know, like that's part of it. That really is a huge part of it, but we always like look for, like example, we've been going through so much like cancel, <coughs> cancel culture. Yeah. Like you see something that 
isn't right, then you try to like just like bring the whole empire down. And I'm like, well, then nothing would ever exist if we continue to do that. Nothing would exist. <coughs> but that's so. but that is that culture is exactly the reason we're putting this message out there right now. Mm-hmm. Is that the shit that's going on in all those people's heads? The reason they're so angry, we'll never know. We'll never know. But they're angry people. They're not angry at whatever they want to cancel because they don't even know that fucking person. Nine, like 99.9% of the people they want to cancel, they've never met them. Exactly. Yeah. They, they're, they're working on some external fight to work on their internal fight or to progress their internal fight instead of dealing with it. It seems like, I don't know, I'm, I'm definitely not a... I think it's just um, a, like a mismanagement of energy. Like they, they only are reacting the way they know how to or they've been taught. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times these um, you know, perceived, I guess categorically, what we call low vibrational tendencies, they're simply patterns that we, heard, we saw it in a parent, we see it with the people that we interacted with, and that's how we're reacting. So when you realize that your reaction is based on what you know as familiar, um, that can help you manage moving forward how you're directing your energy. So I realized a lot of that. Like I, like I mentioned earlier, like the um, kind of like the toxic nature of some of my culture. I was like, ooh, that's just how the culture is. Not that just that's how it is, but that's what we've been taught and learned. And it, it's a very old paradigm way of thinking and being. We don't have to apply that moving forward anymore. We can move past that because awareness, consciousness is moving in a different direction now. It's full speed ahead, it feels like. <laughs> full speed ahead. It really is. Yeah. People are looking to something and it's, and it's there. It's not like, hey, oh my God, I need something. No, nothing exists. It exists. It's all around you. Mm. It, start, it starts at 4.30 in the morning. It starts with nature. It starts with health, exercise. Really just, you know, the, the thing that impresses me so much about Kundalini and the dedication that it takes is it's a fucking hard practice. It's, it's not easy. physically challenging, mm-hmm. mentally challenging. I, I told you about my my experience of when I started doing it, I've, I've told that on, on the podcast before, so I won't tell it again. I think it was in the one with, uh, with Taylor. Yeah. The, the, uh, the changes that you can go through are abrupt, but you're, but it's, it's like, it's not going to give you the good without going through, through some more bad maybe first. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody's different, but the, it's physically a challenging, you know, challenging yoga. It's, yeah. it's, it's a challenging yoga for many different reasons, um, but those challenges lead to great levels of fulfillment in probably a shorter period of time at, in terms of, like, working through your shit, yeah. <laughs> right? So, like, if mentally you know that you have a lot of blocks and a lot of, like, I, I guess um, you can say, like, criticisms towards self, towards others, like, this is one practice that can really help you get through all of that to work through your shit, to work through your shortcomings and um, to line up with like a healthier ego, I guess you could say. You need ego. Ego is important. Um, I think ego has been kind of given a bad name throughout the past few years, but we need it to survive. I mean, without it, you wouldn't brush your teeth every morning. (laughs) So you you need it or you'd just be a blob. (laughs) You wouldn't exist. So it's It's important. I, I guess it's more about not letting it take control. 
not letting, not allowing the, the parts of the ego that are not in alignment with not only your purpose, but the, the, the collective, like the overall well-being of not just yourself, but others, like it becomes all-encompassing. Like you start to think from a community standpoint, not just even if you're not involved in one, but you start to think of others as well as yourself. And so like thinking selfish and is, is good in many ways, but you could still be um, self-sustained and think of self, but still have tendencies that reflect well upon others and that mend and bend with the, with the collective. And that's what I'm getting at is like, yes, I want to be a, a better person, but I also want to be one that is contributing in a, in a way that, that, is, that helps others. Also, like, like what you're doing, like with your podcast to help elevate others, there's that change, that shift. Like I still need that ego, you mm-hmm. know? I'm not going to like cut all my hair off or like, you know, I'm still going to wear some makeup and like whatever, that's okay. But that's, that's it's, it's in- important. Interesting because, you know, thinking about it while you're talking, it's, it does give you, there is a lot of ambition that comes from ego. Mm-hmm. You know, what, even if it's fi- financially, if you have this financial dream of, whatever it is, owning a big, owning properties off the grid or mm-hmm. could be just giving, starting charities or giving back to people or just setting your fa- family up for the next generations. That ambition to blend in with something good that you're doing and something that actually gives you purpose, I think that's really living your, for me, that's li- living to my highest power. You know, it's really just to be in something that is, you know, not necessarily just about the money, but it's about, you know, f- fulfilling my, my mission here on, mm-hmm. on earth. Yeah, and I, I spent a lot of time making a lot of money in many different ways. Like with my own, I have my own little business in, in New York and it would be like, for example, we do this big campaign for like, I don't know, one of the Procter & Gamble brands, and I'm like, okay, wait, yay, we won this bid, yay, we're going to shoot it, we're going to, um, I used to manage talent, um, I had a, a little agency managing um, photographers, I was a liaison between them and their creative agencies, so we worked with a lot of big, um, big names, like big brands, and um, like at the, at the end of it, I was like, wow, that was cool, but you know, I just contributed more to consumerism or like some toothpaste brand or uh, <laughs> sneakers. And I'm just like, this is, this is what I'm going to be doing with my life. And not that it's bad. Like I was like, the way I tried to see purpose with, with it was I'm giving these artists like livelihood and helping them, you know, um, you know, not only pay their bills, but, you know, to, um, take care of their families, but have a creative outlet. But, you know, we're shooting really vanilla shit. Yeah. That's meant to brainwash the masses and Corporate America. something about it. Like I was like, this is like rubbing me the lo- wrong way. Like it's like be a beautiful shoot, big setup, like lights, cameras, like, you know, we, we like storyboard the whole thing. We go through the whole creative process and we'd execute it. And then it's up and it's like in Times Square, it's all over Fifth Avenue. Like, and I'm like, and then what? <laughs> And I, I'm like, that's Next. not, that's not what I'm, not that it's bad. I enjoyed it at the moment, but it, it, there was always that, that message in the back of my head that was like, is this what you're going to be doing forever? Like, is this it? And I, I was just, I knew there was going to be a time that it had to end and it did, which is great. But, um, and I, I, I mean like that transition into becoming a teacher rather than 
continuing that career path was like, it, it was just clear, like, here we go. This is what we're fucking doing. You know? Um, That's inspiring. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people listening to this right now that are stuck in something they don't like for the <laughs> yeah. money. And I think when you start, when you have kids in a family, it gets harder to take that leap. But it's still possible. It's possible, yeah. but also we still live in the Western world, so we have to balance that need for, like, I, I don't know if money is going to go away anytime soon, but no. it's necessary to, um, to maintain that connection with making a living. But also, like, when I was figuring out that balance, like, I went from, like, six, six figures and then some to, like, holy shit. <laughs> like, how is this going to happen? And it was, like, a huge shift. And then, but I, I, I kept my purpose in tech, I'm like, I'm going to teach 11 classes a week. And that's what I did when I first got to Long Beach. I'm like, did it teach every single day? Like, this is what I'm doing. And, wow. um, but if I didn't, I would have stuck, get, I would have been stuck in my insecurity of like, did I just leave all of that for this? What, like, and then there's still moments I'm like, what the fuck did I do with my life? And I'm also being Asian, like, you know, I, I, I heard it from some family members are like, oh, yeah, she's going to be a yoga teacher. <laughs> so, so Mocking, mocking tone. Yeah, like, um, I'm not going to say who, but one of my, one of my um, like, blood relatives, like, sent, sent a text that was meant for my mother that was like, she's going to teach yoga now. Like, in the middle of me talking to her. Ugh. And I was like, she's like, oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't for you. Like, what the fuck? You're literally talking shit about me. And I'm going through a transition. And, you know, so going through all that was really hard, like on the ego, on the expectations of others on me, my family, and the fact that I'm taking a completely different route. And I don't necessarily think that people have to go as extreme as I did. Definitely not. But, um, but people can make changes in their life that make a big difference based on their thought process and it starts with your your mind it starts with consciousness yeah but but now that you're here does it feel extreme hmm. it feels exactly where i need to be that's what satnam means is truth is my identity that's the the mantra we say in in kundalini Right, like when we see see each other, it's like namaste. We don't say namaste. We say sat nam. Like um, I see, I see your truth. You see mine. Like they say it back and forth. Like sat nam. Um, so, and I think that with that mantra itself, like I, I would, I've been working with it since I think two thousand and four. And every time I um, like we go like we do these like these deep um, meditations where we're chanting for a long time, like sat nam like over and over again for maybe like a good three minutes, six minutes, 11 minutes, whatever, 32, 31 Powerful. minutes. And you just say it over and over again. You get through like, what does this mantra really mean? You think about your truth and then you get to a truth and then you go behind that and you keep on lifting more veils and going behind all of that. And then where do you get to? You get to like a light. Yeah. Like very like ayahuasca-ish. Like, it is. Like realization. Absolutely. Like past all the veils. I, I used to cry in Kundalini all the time. Mm-hmm. I would lay back and just start crying. Like, <laughs> rubbing my tears, kind of smiling, kind of not smiling. Yeah. It brings up so, so much emotion. And I, and I really like that, you know, analogy of managing your emotions. Was, was that what you said before? Yeah, manage, 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 your, manage your energy. Energies, manage, energies, your energy manage your energy and your emotions. Absolutely. Yeah. Manage at all, like realizing where you're putting your time. I think um, 
I don't know if any, like um, you probably have been through this, but many of us have been through, um, like let's say you're, you're with someone that you love and they're, they're dying, like they're losing their life force, like their prana, like their energy is just like, you can see the diminishing from their, from their, from their self. So I was with my father through, um, it was like around 2015. Um, I was living in New York. I came back to LA to help take care of him for three months as he was passing. And to see him disintegrating, I realized how much time is important. So being in that energy of him leaving his body to his last breath, like we were all surrounding him as a family and being there while he was like literally dying, right? Um, and through that process, there was a time where he's like, I can't even drive anymore. And he loved to drive. Like he always had like beautiful cars and um, it was just like really, um, that, that brought him so much joy and he would never let my mom drive. Like that was like where he was like, I'm a man. I always drive, right? It's yeah. like, it's very cultural. So kind of the same way. Yeah. <laughs> right? You get it. Yeah. So he would, um, he, he really instilled that um, as like a, um, as an important aspect of being like a human being as being a man. Yeah. He, he placed importance in being a man. And I loved that about him. Um, so it gave me a chance to, to see when my mom was driving him to the hospital or driving him to like two appointments or we drive, like, it was just like, he's just like, I can't drive. And then I, I just realized like, wow, like this, this is time and he's just slipping away. And so that's what I mean by energy management. It's more than just like, you know, your shitty thoughts. Like I, what, what, every moment is so important. The most important time is now. The most important time is now. Now, right now, like right it's now. It's the only thing that's real. It's the only thing that's real. So if you're spending your time like dwelling over a shitty conversation or um, reacting in ways that are just like based on some, you know, something that you learned along the way that's not really serving you, why would you continue to go down that path if you can realize it at least? I, I had to remove some family members from my life because <laughs> of all the arguments in mm. my head. <laughs> God. Uh, some some shit. We, some some shit we fought about like over the, the two or three times over the past years of just you know things that felt judgmental, and I would see a particular incident in my life, and I would start to think about what they would say, and I'd be like, you know what, screw you. <laughs> Those, <laughs> and they're like in a completely different like. They're not even, they're even anywhere even, near me. <laughs> And I'm arguing with them in, in my head. Yeah. And so I needed to remove them from my life for the time being. I don't know how long that's going to be. <laughs> indefinitely. We'll see. But uh, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do those, those conversations. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were life sucking. And it's so crazy when you, when you let somebody, you know, keep entering your life with this, like, just this weird darkness and tox toxicity it eats at you. It's, it really is like a, a cancerous type of It's an entity. Yeah. And it's an entity, I really feel like that it goes into, you see it in the media, you see it in some of the best people you know, they'll get into that zone, that really like low vibration. It's like, it's like they're possessed. So I feel like that's... They're programmed. That's what um, like possession is. When people say like there's like, they're possessed. Yeah. It's that, that pattern. Yep. That, that's energy. That's just energy. Yeah, like you're I'm, spending I'm your energy doing that. I'm going to change everything fucking else besides myself. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to do it, and whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You're canceled. 
Oh, yeah. all right. Are you are you better enough now? <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Did, did that help you out? Because what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it, it's um, it's a really beautiful realization, and it's confronting when you see how where you're putting your time and your energy and. I just, I, I, I don't know. Like, sometimes I think I took it a little too far, like how I'm really managing my energy. But um, at the same time, like, you only have, you know, if this is a one life to live or if that's all that matters right now. I mean, if there's such a thing as past lives or future lives, like, all we have is now. So I'm not going to fuck around with my time. Like, that's just what it comes down to. True. Yeah. True. Well, thank you for this. <laughs> yes. And thank you so much for yesterday. And the experience last night, I mean, and to be here at, at your new home and podcasting, I, I definitely um, wanted to share your, your wisdom because I've, I've been following you for quite some time now. I mean, I met you over 10 years ago. I know, in our, Vegas, our, our <laughs> in Mandalay Bay. <laughs> yeah, our, our mutual friend, Keith. Keith, I, I worked with in the clothing business for a long time. We, we've been close friends for forever now. And he introduced us because they're they're friends and uh, we kind of just came full circle back. Yeah. I was like, oh, she's teaching at the same studio that Taylor was at. And, yeah. and we also, was, we also Which was have... my neighbor, the girl that, oh. what's, what's her name that, that owns it, was my old neighbor. She lived across Kelsey. the street. Kelsey. Yeah. Kelsey lived across the street from me when I lived in Bel- Belmont Shore. So it's funny how it all just kind of, you know. Yeah, we also have a lot of weird connections yeah, <laughs> in, in so sure. many ways. Like, yeah. So, so how do people get a, get a hold of you? How do they find you? Is there anything you'd like to, to plug? So there's, um, I'll plug a couple things. One is my Instagram. It's kundalini underscore soul. That's S-O-U-L. So you can find me there. Also, um, if you're interested in doing like a tour, sound bath in, in the Joshua Tree area, it's um, at Joshua Tree underscore alchemy. No, Joshua Tree underscore alchemy. That's right. And then um, website is kundalinisoul.com and website joshuatreealchemy.com. Joshua Tree Alchemy. That, that's how people can, can book the sound bath. They can come out here, go to just an exquisite property that is undescribable. I was looking at buying some properties out here a, mm-hmm. a few years ago, and I saw nothing like Garth's place. I mean, that place is pure magic. Yeah, nestled up in into the hills. It's a mile by mile square. So exactly. Um, there's you know it's pretty pretty freaking cool. But thank you so much. Thank you, Adam. And I'd like to say Satnam. Satnam. Satnam.